Shalom. Welcome to the Word of Impact brought to you by Kingdom Ambassador Center. Through the teachings of our pastor Randolph Ajay, you will be inspired, equipped, and empowered to fulfill your kingdom mandate. Now, let's hear the word for today. We continue with studies of our studies on the gates of the body. Sunday, we had a very, very interesting session. We looked at, you know, the first gate where we looked at the the sexual organs and how spiritually they are gates and portals to our body. We looked at how things like soul ties are created and how when we have sex, not just sex, but if we open up ourselves to any kind of sexual contact, how we allow ourselves to be united and because of that there can be a passage of spirits from one person to the other we looked at how even in the jewish custom marriages are not consummated by rings but by sex and how we don't have to take certain things so simple as it looks because the consequences are not that simple. We looked at how anytime God tells us not to do anything, it's actually for our good and not a burden. Is that okay? And we proceeded to pray intensively and make some declarations and close certain doors. And that was the first point of contact we started looking at in terms of how our bodies are gates. We've established that, you know, um, just as a building has its gates and it has its windows and everything, the human being, uh, man himself is a house, he's a building, he's a temple. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. If the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, then what it means is that you are more or less like a house or a building. And because of that, you have a responsibility to guard your gates and make sure that only the right things would come in to you and nothing that is not of God should have access into you. Is that okay? So one of the key scriptures we are looking at is Revelations, the chapter number 3, the verse number 20. How Jesus Christ is writing to the church in Laodicea. And he says that here I am, I stand at the door. I stand at the door or the gate and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and would open the door, I would come in and eat with him and he with me. I talked about how if you look at this scripture, he didn't say when you open the door, I'm coming into the conference room or I'm coming to, I'm coming into the church or I'm coming into you know, the building or the edifice. But he says that when you open the door, he said, I am coming into him. He says, I will, if anyone opens the door, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come, go to the New King James Version. He says, if anyone opens the door or anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. So the door leads into a human being. The door leads into a person and not a building. So, you are a building. Say, I am a building. Say, I have a door. Say, I am a building. I have a door. I can give people access. I, say, I can give people access. 
and I can deny people access. Good. So over here he says that I would come in to the him. In other words, this door is leading to a man and not a building necessarily, a physical building. Is that okay? And he says that when I come in, I will dine with him and he with me. I talked about how in terms of you and your body and your life, Jesus or the Holy Spirit would never access your life without your permission. He's gentle. He is a big God. He goes where he's wanted. Is that okay? The Holy Spirit operates where he's wanted. The truth of the matter is that you can be a Christian for 50 years and never have an encounter with the Holy Ghost. It's possible. You can be a Christian for all your life and you would never have the kononia, the communion with the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit works with what we call desire. Say desire. desire. Say desire. But I can tell you, you can deal with the devil all your, all your life because he does not just work with, he does not work with desire. He imposes his will upon a man. And there are many Christians that will die without ever having any relationship with the Holy Spirit because number one, they did not know him. They did not invite him. The Bible talks in the book of Acts how Paul, no, no, how, um, yeah, I think it's Paul. I hope I get it, I get it correct, but it's Paul. How Paul is traveling and then the Bible says he meets certain people and these people are Christians. They are saved. Then he asks them, have you, do you know the Holy Spirit? And they say, who is the Holy Spirit? He asked them, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? They said, well, the only baptism we've had is the baptism of John. So what is the baptism? And these people are so-called saved people. Is that okay? So there are many Christians that would never, they've never allowed the Holy Spirit into their life. They have never allowed the Holy Spirit to govern their life, to rule their life, and to have full effect in their life. Jesus is saying that if you open the door, I would come. And I said on Sunday, the sad reality of this scripture is that it is not to an unbeliever. This scripture is not to an unbeliever. This scripture is to believers, Christians, the church. And that is what makes it very sad. Why does it make it sad? Because Jesus is speaking to a church and saying, you've let me out. Jesus is speaking to people and he's saying that I am outside of your door. And I made an analysis on Sunday that if somebody is knocking at your door, the person is not in your building. Is that true? Only a ghost will knock your door and be in your room. But any time, let's say, if I hear Linda knocking at my door, the, the, the situation that best explains it is that Linda is at the back and is looking for opportunity to come. So again, this is not Jesus speaking to unbelievers. He's writing to believers and he says, I am outside of your door. Allow me to come. So I said this and you could be a Christian and Jesus could be outside of your life till eternity. Hello? Are we here? Ask someone, where is Jesus seated in you? Is he in you or he's at the back of your door? Okay? Another sad thing is that apart from that, the fact that he's talking about individuals, he's also talking about a church. He's talking about a church. So that means that there can also be a church without Jesus. Jesus said, I would build mine. So that means there are many what? Churches. But he's laying claim to his church. So just because the music is good and the pastor preached good does not mean Jesus reigns in that church. As a matter of fact, we have Church of Latter-day Saints, we have Church of Mormon, we have Church of Satan, we have, there are many churches. 
We have gay church, lesbian church, foolishness church. I'm not going anywhere churches. Jesus is saying that I'm outside. Okay? So, when you are encountering a man, you have to first and foremost ask yourself, is Christ within him or outside of him? Yeah? Are we here? So, not every so-called born again has Christ within him. Is that okay? And it's possible that you could be born again and eventually on your journey you fall back and you have Christ outside of you and not within you. Paul several times in his epistle talks about people that were working with him. He talks about the likes of Demas who loved him and they were worshipping God. But at the point in time, because of their love for the world, he says they are forsaking him and they're falling back. Hello, are we here? So we have a responsibility. Listen to what I'm going to say. It's one of the most important things you have to hear for the rest of your life. You have a responsibility not just to accept Jesus, but to maintain Jesus till eternity. Did you hear what I said? You have a responsibility not just to accept. Listen, there are many people we accepted Jesus with. Today they are saying there is no Jesus. I was watching, there's this guy from Canada. He's a very radical evangelist. I don't know if you've seen him. He's a, very, he's a black guy from Canada. Yeah, he's a Canadi- Canadian guy. He travels all, all around. He comes to the UK and all of the people. And he, he, was confronted by, he was confronted by one guy who claimed he used to be an evangelist. But now he's saying that, oh, the Bible does not exist and blah, blah, blah. So we have a responsibility, not just to accept Jesus, but to maintain our relationship with him till the end. That is what the word of God says in the book of Matthew 24, 13, that it is he that endures to the end. Say to the end. Say it is not how I begin, but how I end. It's important. Listen, you need to maintain. This is a church that opened their door to him, but now Jesus said, I'm outside. And if any man would hear my voice and I would allow me, I'm going to come in. And I'm telling you from the perspective of a pastor, sometimes, you know, the line between standing and falling is very thin. Yeah. It's very subtle. So he says that if you open the door, I would come to him. So this scripture backs our point that the human being has gates. We now we said that gates are points of access physically and spiritually. We even looked at how gates could open up a man to God or could open God to a man. Everything has gates. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his court with praise. Are you here? The Bible talks about the outer courts, the inner courts, the holy of holies. And all of these moving from one realm to the other is preceded by a gate opening. If you read the book of, you know, Revelation, John talks about how a gate opens in heaven. John, Revelations 4, if you go to Revelations 21, he talks about how gates are opening. So gates spiritually are everywhere. Even countries, people have gates. Now you have to understand that you as a human being... You are not just somebody, but you are a spiritual house. Say, I'm a spiritual house. Do you know why you're in a spiritual house? Because according to Mark, the chapter number five, let's go there to the madman of Gadara. Quickly, take me there. 
Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the gatherings. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tomb, a man with an unclean spirit. Continue. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. And because he had been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. Then, as always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stone. Last time I was looked, I got to this scripture, I was talking about depression and people that are cutting themselves and they want to harm themselves. There is a mental health, yes, but apart from everything, there is a demon behind because the Bible says that he was filled with an unclean spirit. I'm telling you, it can only take demons to tell a man, take something and cut yourself. Hello? So as we preach mental health and, and all of these kind of things, yes, I believe that there's a place for psychology in the church. I believe, but the church has to also come to the place of rebuking and binding and casting out devils. Is that okay? Are we here? So this man is cutting himself night and day as he's in the mountains. Two men is crying out and he's cutting himself. The verse number six and the Bible says that when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And listen, this is good news. No matter what spirit is intimidating you, when they meet Jesus, they will bow. There's a story I love about the story of Moses and Aaron and how they encountered the magicians of Pharaoh in Egypt. And the Bible says that when Aaron laid down his rod, it turns into, you know, a snake. And when the magicians of Pharaoh laid down their rod, it also becomes another snake. We don't care whether the enemy copies us and brings counterfeit, but when power beats power, one would have to submit to the other. The Bible says that rod of Moses and Aaron began to swallow. So over here we see that this man comes and he comes to bow down and worship God though there are unclean spirits. And the Bible says that he cried out in a loud voice and this is the spirit speaking. What have I to say to do with you Jesus? Son of the most high, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. At this point in time there are evil spirits that are speaking out of the man. When you are talking to people you should be able to decode which spirit is speaking through them. Did you hear what I said? When you are talking to people, you have to be able to decode this person speaking. Are they speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost or they are speaking by another inspiration? Because whatever anybody is saying, there's a spirit behind. Jesus says, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And I was talking to Eliud, um, I was talking to Eliud and Richie yesterday when we were driving home. We were here very late in the night. And when we're driving, we're talking about one, one friend of the years and we were having a very interesting conversation and I was even talking about impartation. Say impartation. Do you know that it's, you don't just receive impartation by laying on of hands? Do you know as you're sitting here, there's an impartation going on? Do you know that? Yeah. Jesus says, the words I speak, they are spirit and they are life. When you read the book of Acts, the Bible says that even as they were speaking, the Bible says the words were cutting them. So when we talk about impartation, impartation is not when only we pour an oil. Any environment you sit in, there is an impartation. And that is why if you are in a church which is being operated by another spirit, by virtue of you becoming a member, you are receiving impartation. That's how it is. 
Not every impartation is by laying out of hands. Because anybody you decide to sit under, whatever is coming out of their mouth, if it is by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, you have been imparted by the Holy Spirit. If it is not by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you are receiving an impartation. So anywhere you sit and you submit to any leader to speak over your life, there is an impartation. And that is why we should have the capacity to discern what spirit is speaking. Because now, all of a sudden, somebody is speaking, but this is not a madman anymore. These are spirits within the man. And the Bible says that they speak to him and say, do not torment us, verse number 8. And the Bible continues to say, for he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Over here, you see that Jesus Christ is addressing the spirit and not the man. The Bible talks about how Jesus Christ is walking with Petros, Peter. And Peter said, Jesus said, I'm going to die. And Peter said, oh, no, 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 you can't die. You know, I love you. I will never permit it. And Jesus turns to him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus is addressing the spirit and not the man. So over here, the man came to Jesus. But Jesus was doing speaking to the man. He was having conversation with the spirit. And some of you. You have created soul ties with people and it's not even through sex. It's through the medium of impartation by virtue of the words they speak. And we are going to look at the gates of their mouth and their ears and you would understand that. And that is why somebody can tell you you can be nothing and a woman can never leave him even though this guy treats him badly because there's certain kind of impartation. There are spirits that have been released into her ears that makes her feel like without this person I cannot do anything. Sometimes when you are a friend you may think ah, is she a fool? But listen, it's more than her being a fool. There is something stronger that is controlling her. Nobody wants to live in bondage. Did you hear what I said? Do you think anybody wants to live in bondage? But when certain people can let certain things go, it means there's something stronger behind the scenes. So the gates of the body. So the Bible says that Jesus says to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit, verse number 9. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he said, my name is a legion, for we are many. What is the name? What is the name? Let me go and get to the etymology of the word legion. Let's go to the root word of that word legion. Let's go to the root word. Mark 5, 9. Let me see. Ask someone, what is in you? Oh, ask the person, what is in you? <laughs> Let me tell you what legion is. According to the etymology of the word, a legion is a body of soldiers. Whose number differed at different times and in the time of Augustus seems to have consisted of 6,826 men. That is 6,100 foot soldiers and 726 men. Legends. So in this man, he's housing over 6,000 not civilian soldiers. Of demons. <laughs> and they will tell you that in the realm of demonology, you would always realize that there are more men, women who are witches than men. But a man who is a wizard, one man who is a wizard, runs with almost about 12 women who are witches. So if this guy can contain 
imagine 7,000 foot soldiers as demons within them. So over here, this guy is a house. And within him are over 7K demons. Say 7K. Listen, if you don't allow one Holy Spirit to enter you, 7K demons will be in One Holy Ghost, you won't allow him to have his way in your life. Only one. <laughs> Tell somebody, only one Holy Ghost. Only one. He's struggling with you. Allow me, allow me. You want to house 7K. So over here, I brought you over here, you know, to link it with Revelation chapter number 3 verse 20 where Jesus said, I would come into him. And over here, we actually see legions, over 7,000 plus soldiers in a single person. It's a sad distance. Say it is a sad distance. Good. So in that, in that regard, we continue. So we, we, we've said that the human being is a house. Now, we've established that most of the things you go through is as a result of how much you've given the legal access to either the spirit of God or any other spirit to rule you. Most of the warfare you are dealing with is a result of what you've allowed. It's as simple as that. And that is why you have to take responsibility for your life. Don't blame your father for your failure. Don't blame your mother for your failure. Don't blame your ex for your failure. Don't blame anything for your failure. If you are failing, it's your choice. Is that okay? Yeah, it's your choice. It's your choice. So now we said that what is God's, we established that man is body, soul, spirit. Are you learning something? We established that man is body, soul, spirit. And we said that what is God's plan concerning your tripartite nature, your body, your soul, and your spirit. We established that it is the will of God that your soul, that your body become a slave to your soul. It is the will of God that your body would become a slave to your soul, that your soul would become a slave to your spirit, and that your spirit will become a slave to Jesus. So your body becomes a slave to your, or a servant to your soul, your soul to your spirit, and your spirit to Jesus. So what it means is that you allow Jesus to rule your spirit man. Your spirit man controls your soul. And therefore your soul controls your body. Is that okay? Say my body, my soul, my spirit. Become slave to Jesus Christ. Alright then. So today we want to look at the gate of the eye. If you do not get the, what we spoke about concerning the gates of, of the sexual organs, just go and listen to the audio or ask me, I'll send it to you. Ask me, I'll send it to you. It's a very interesting thing we, we, we learned on Sunday. Ask me. You'd get the audio. We want to go to the next one. We want to look at the eyes. The eyes. The eyes. The eyes. One of the things you need to understand is that your eye is a gate. Your eye is a gate. As a matter of fact, it is one of the sharpest gates. A 
is one of the most sharpest gates when it comes to your eye. And that is why you can't see dreams and visions without your spiritual eye. When Paul prays for the Ephesian church, the first thing he asks for them is that since I heard of your love for God and how you love the brethren, he said, I've never ceased praying for you that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Is that okay? So the human eye sees physically, but spiritually it is a gate. What it means is that God or the spirit of God can access your life even through the gate of your eyes. And in the same way, the enemy can mess up your life by penetrating you through the gates of the eye. There are people that have found themselves in spiritual problem because of something they watched. I'm telling you. If you've battled the likes of pornographic addiction and masturbation and some crazy things, you would wish sometimes you never watch certain things in your life. Job said, I have made covenant with my eyes that I may not look upon a beautiful woman. Yeah. That's why when we got to Israel, you saw how the Jewish guy, when he saw the sister's asses coming, how he, when the guy saw Jennifer, he started coughing down. The guy doesn't want to see anything that will land him in trouble. Sure. Sometimes it's better to wear wooden goggles on. Is whether to wear wooden goggles and not see. How many of you have seen that analogy with the monkey? See no evil, hear no evil. How, how many of you have seen that? Sometimes it's better not to see. So I want to look at the eye as a gate. And when we finish, we are going to do some deliverance on our eyes. Is that okay? Is that alright? Wonderful. Wonderful. We want to look at the eye. Let's look at one or two things. Give me the book of Matthew chapter 6, 22 to 23. Matthew the chapter number 6, 22 to 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. The lamp of the body is the eye. The Bible says that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and light unto my path. The Bible says the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body would be full of light. Let's go to the next one. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Oh, Makalis Kanamaya. Take me to 22 again. The lamp of the body is the eye. Say the lamp of my body. It's the eye. Say the lamp of my body. It's the eye. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good. Number one, over here the Bible is trying to establish that in terms of your work with God, in terms of your work with destiny, one of the things that will determine your failure or your, or, or your success is the gate called the eye. It gives direction to the entirety of your body. In other words, if the gate of your eye is open to the wrong thing, your life would move in the wrong direction. That's it. When the enemy in Matthew 4 wants to, you know, try to cause Jesus 
to lose his destiny, the Bible says that he took him on the top of the mountain and he showed him the glory of Jerusalem. One of the ways that the enemy was trying to call Jesus to divert his attention was by giving him the capacity to see wrongly. We have three things. We call one the pride of life. We call one of them, you know, the, the, the last of the eye. And we call one the last of the flesh. Last of the flesh talks about passion. Last of the eye talks about vision. I want to see. I want to see. And we have something we call the pride of life. Things that makes you feel like, oh yeah, this is me and that is me. And these are some of the three things you should be mindful of. And the Bible says that the lamp of your entire body is the eye. Are we here? That means that the direction exists that if therefore your eye is good, your whole body would be full of light. Verse number 23. But if your eye is bad, your whole body would be full of darkness. So that means that your ability to walk in light or your ability to walk in darkness is as a result of what you allow the gate of your eyes to see. It depends or it it is determined by what the gates of your eyes allow and disallow. Are we here? Are we here? That is why people basically, you know, advertisement. The whole concept of things like television and things like that is to have things that will penetrate your eyes. You can watch something for a long time. You can watch something for a long time and even if you don't want to buy it, you'd end up buying it. Isn't it? That is why companies would pay such a huge money to advertise something for te- just for 30 seconds on TV. And that 30 seconds, they are dripping people off thousands of pounds because the thing has penetrated. And once it penetrates, it takes a long time to leave. Hello? Are we here? People have allowed things to penetrate this gate of the eye. And as a result of that, their lives have been held in bondage forever. For instance, like I said, things like watching Pornographic movies, pornographic pictures, even things like you do you know what? I I enjoyed horror movies. Oh, I loved it. I loved horror movies. When I go and you know, you see the blood and people are having acts and they are chopping people's head and 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 one of the things in my quest of watching horror movies, there is no horror movie without immoral scenes. I don't know how many of you have been real fond of horror movies. But every horror movie is also highly sexualized. And I loved horror movies. Until go to a time that even when I sleep, I'm literally seeing the movies play in my mind. And it got to a time the Holy Spirit said, Son, you cannot claim to love me and watch this. You have to be mindful of what you watch. You might be mindful of what you open this gate of your eyes to. Because as you are watching Harry Potter, you are not just enjoying craft, but you allow a certain spirit to penetrate your life through the lens of your eye. Things like 
you know, as I said, you know, pornographic uh, yeah, materials, porn, and, and all of these kind of things, you know, spending time. You see Christians that will spend the whole of their evening and they are sat there and they are watching, you know, Love Island. They are watching, you know, women who are naked in themselves. They are watching things that are not of God. They are watching Big Brother, whatever, with people messing up. And you are not just, you know, watching something to laugh. It's just a matter of time you begin to behave like the way you see. And that's why they call it a reality TV. Our standards are falling because of what the enemy has allowed us to see. Are we here? And that is why John said, what we've heard, what we have give me first John chapter one. Quickly. Quickly. Listen. We are not Christians to make ourselves happy. What did I say? Again? For the last time? We are Christians to make him happy. What are we Christians to do? To make him happy. So what do you have to be concerned? Of course God is concerned about your happiness. But your happiness must be what makes God happy. Look at what John says. That which was from the beginning. That which we have heard. We would come to ears. That which we have seen. That which we have heard. That which we have seen with our eyes. Which we have looked upon. And our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Let's go to the next one. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declared to you that eternal life which was with the father and was manifested to us. John is saying that we did not just encounter Jesus by laying on of hands. We did not just encounter him but we also encountered him by our eyes. There is nowhere Paul met Jesus physically. Paul never met Jesus Christ physically. But he encountered him with the eye of the spirit. The eye is a plate of great encounter. What did I say? It's a place of great what? Encounter spiritually. There are things that you can see with your eyes. You would never recover. There are things you can see with your eyes. It can destroy 30 years of consistent devotion with God. You can mess up your destiny literally by one thing you've seen. Now watch this. There are people that are having legions of demons in them because of what they saw. There are people before you watch a one hour 30 minutes movie and you are done. You've had 6,000 demons in you. As simple as that. How many of you have seen this horror movie called Chucky? How many of you have seen that movie before? You can literally feel demons entering you by watching that movie. And I tell you, listen, there's a lady who, who told me a story. She's in our church. She's not here today. She said her mother bought them toys. Toys. No, no, no. She said her mother used to clean. And one lady said, oh, I'm one of the ladies, white ladies, the mother was cleaning the house. Said, oh, take these toys and go and give it to your, 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 your children. So she took the toys and wanted to give it to her. She said, at night, not even at night, when the mother leaves, she will literally see the toys walking and talking. 
And the brother, listen, listen. The brother, she was there and the brother took a knife and wanted to stab her. And the brother said that the toy told her to come and kill her. So it's not just the case where she was seeing, the brother was also hearing. Yeah. She's here. She's with us in this church. So when I see people that are trying to think that we, we, this, this spiritual world and this work with God is a joke, I pity you. Now, I'm telling you, you can watch a movie for 60 minutes and live with 60 demons in you. He said, what we have seen, go back, go back to the verse number one. What we have seen with our eyes and what we have looked upon. If all of a sudden you are in your room and you are watching a Benahin, a Benahin movie, a Benahin crusade, a Benahin, I'm telling you, you don't need to travel to America. You can receive impartation by what you see. That is why somebody can look at a preacher and begin to preach like the preacher and talk like the preacher and have not even met the preacher. Because by virtue of what they are looking upon, there is an impartation. Say my eyes. Say my eyes. Our spiritual gates. Say what we have seen with our eyes. What we have looked upon. When we come to the hands, I will talk about, you know, the impartations of the eye. Job 31, 1. Take me there quickly. Job 31, verse number 1. Look at Job. I have made a covenant of Marusa. Touch your two eyes. Say, Father, I make a covenant with these two eyes of mine. That from today, they will not look upon anything that is not of you. Say, Father. Let these gates of mine be covered with the blood. I release the shielding of the blood over these gates. Anything that is not of God that would seek to have access into my soulish realm and contaminate my spirit by virtue of what I see, by the blood, by the blood, by covenant with the blood, let my eyes not see such a thing. Even when I want to see, give me a great desire to despise it. Say, Father, anoint these eyes of mine with the blood in the name of Jesus. Yeah. He said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. If someone is telling, he said, I've literally made a covenant with my eyes, it means that the eyes has the capacity to hear. I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? Over here, he's not trying to say, oh yeah, when I see a young woman. But he's trying to talk about the fact that, you know, I am not going to look at anything that is immoral. Jesus said, listen, Jesus came and redefined the law. He said in the Old Testament, it is written that anybody that lies with a woman or sleeps with her 
has committed fornication and adultery. Jesus said, no, 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 no. no. In the dispensation of the new covenant, I just don't look at actions, I look at intent. Even the one who looks at a woman and lasts for her has already committed adultery or fornication in his heart. He says that I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? Let us go to Psalm 101. Verse number 3. Psalm 101, the verse number 3. Quickly. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. You can, you, you can take your time. Get a drink. Switch on Netflix. Right after 10 p.m. prayer and set your eyes. He said, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. In other words, whatever you behold, whatever you watch has the capacity to cling to you. There are some of us, we can't worship God because the moment we close our eyes, we begin to see things we don't want to see. Don't look at me like I'm the only one. Sometimes when you are entering into a certain realm, when you feel like you are climbing, all of a sudden the enemy begins to tell you the things you allowed your eyes to see and the things that you have allowed. Some things that has happened, it all begins to come. And all of a sudden you realize that you are falling. And you need to start building up again. By the time you, you get there, we finished. Say the eyes. Look, one of the things you've heard me talk about consistently is the word intentional. You've heard that word several times. Listen, your walk with God is an intentional journey. Every day when you wake up, you have to be intentional because look, there are so many things. There are so many things that if you lose God, the enemy can penetrate and mess up things. And you see, it's very difficult to build, but it's very easy to break. Is it true? Build, build. It's difficult building a business. You can mess it up on the Look, you can build a house for three years, but the house can be burnt in a second. So as you are building, as you are building, you have to also have the mindset to have your guards on. Because what you are toiling so much to build, you can break it in a second by losing a guard. I'm telling you. Yeah. Sometimes it literally takes certain things to, for you to just to watch for the enemy to provoke certain demons to mess up your life. That's why you have to be mindful of what you see. You have to be mindful. Look, there was a point in time I had to download filters on my phone when, you know, I, have to, I had to find things on my phone and my computer that even when I want to visit some websites, you would tell me you can't go there. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's very necessary. And you see, when Things which are not right, you look at it and you're like, it's nothing. Be very careful because it's just a matter of time. What you look at, you become. 
And what you stare at for a long time is just a matter of time. You'll be comfortable with it. So he says that I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. Why? Because the eye is the lamp of the body. Jesus said, who is blind like my servant. There are people who spiritually have become blind and oblivious to the leadings of the spirit. And their eyes have been opened to a whole realm of chapter of, of things that pleases the enemy. That means that I have to be careful what I see. I have to be careful what I set my eyes upon because as I'm watching these things, it is marking my life. As I'm watching these things, there are impartations that are going on and if I need to guard my walk with God, I need to guard what I see. The next gate you want to look at is your ears. Your ear is a gate. Back to John, the first John chapter 1. John says that what we have heard. Ask someone, what are you hearing? There's something, he says that that which was from the beginning, what we have heard. When you read the verse number 2, he talks about that is what we are sharing. In other words, you would share what you see, you would share what you hear. Is it true? Whatever you give attention to in regards to what you are seeing and what you are hearing, that is what you can give. Yeah, that's why in school they will tell the teacher will tell you what I've been teaching, you pour it out on the paper. It's simple as that. You can only give what you are hearing and what you are seeing and what you are receiving. You cannot give what you don't have. Your ears are gates. They are gates that could either open to the spirit of God or your ears can open to demons who can influence your life. In First Samuel, the Bible talks about how the baby Samuel heard God say, Samuel, Samuel, he heard it. In the realm of the prophetic, there are, there are three ways we, we, we prophesy. There are three ways that we operate in the realm of the prophetic. It is either what you are seeing, what you are hearing, or what the spirit is giving you by intuition. That's how every prophet prophesies. There are times we would see, there are times we would hear, and there are times that God would grant you a divine intuition. Now, why would you hear? Because God is speaking. He's speaking through that gate. He's accessing you through that gate. In the same way, there are people that are hearing voices, and the voices they are hearing is, if someone is saying, I want to kill myself, they are hearing voices, that gate is open to the wrong voice. If someone is saying anything negative, it means the gates. Listen, touch your ears. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Touch your two ears. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I speak to these gates of mine. That any voice that is not of God, that will try to access this gate of my ears and speak a false voice into my life, let their voice be perpetually shut. In the name of Jesus. Say I mute every voice that is not of God. Speaking to me. 
speaking over my life, speaking over my destiny, be muted eternally in the name of Jesus. Say, Holy Spirit, become the only voice I would ever hear all the rest of my life. Let every voice fade away and let your voice, Holy Ghost, access this gate of mine till eternity in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and give Jesus praise. Mark 4, 24. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you and to you who hear more will be given. Take heed what you hear. Listen. There are certain soul ties that are created not through sex, but literally what you give your voice to or what you give your ears to. It's simple as that. The ear is a gate. And that's what the Bible is saying that take heed. When someone is taking take heed, it means that be careful. If someone is saying be careful about what you hear, it means that you have the capacity to control what you hear. Simple as that. Guys, listen. This is why I said, if you fail in life, you failed. Because whatever has happened to you, you've given permission to it. Are you here? Anything. Anything. Anything that, you, that has happened to you, you've given permission. It's as simple as that. Most of the time, the church has always been taught to speak positively. Isn't it? It's one of the things you've probably heard in any church. Oh, speak positive. Oh, speak positive. You see, speaking positive is not enough. As you decide to speak positively, you have to also be mindful what you hear. What brought Eve trouble in the Garden of Eden was not what she said, but what she heard. And when God came, the first question he asked them is that, when the enemy came, the first question he said to them is that, has the Lord spoken? They had. They had. The enemy came to speak to them. What killed them was not what they spoke. What killed them was what they had because what they had influenced their action. So what you need to understand is this. As you decide and you become mindful of what you say concerning yourself... Also become mindful of what you hear. And that is why if you have somebody around you and that person's wealth does not bless you and it's not gracious, you have the capacity to end that friendship. Some of you, you're entertaining friends that everything they speak, you, you, that everything they speak to you concerns you is nothing that will break your spirit, man, and your soul and it will never edify. So it is good to speak positively. But one of the things that will shape your life is what you hear. Because listen, whatever you hear, you will become. One of the things that I've, I've, I'm trying to tell my son, and I'm trying to teach my son, there's not a single day I will not tell my son, I love you more than five times. And I never had my father said that to me in a day. Never! In my 55 years of existence.
ear is very important. You either open your ears to God or open your ears to evil spirits. And there are demons that can influence your life through this gate called your ears. Listen, people's destiny has been messed up simply because of something they had. Yeah. Do you know that somebody has killed themselves because of they heard one thing? Do you know that? Somebody's life is messed up because of one thing they had. And you, you would realize clearly that this was not just a mere word, but this was something very demonic. Why? Because the ear is a gate. God can access your life through your ears. God can access your life through your ears because he would speak to you. As I'm speaking now, God is accessing your life through your ears because the words I'm speaking now are being Coming at, they are penetrating your soul through not your eyes or your mouth, but your ears. And that is why this gate must constantly and continually be guarded. Sometimes, you know, it's better not to listen. Sometimes it's better not to hear. Anybody that is so interested and you're inquisitive and you're in tune to gossip, you would hear things that would mess up your life. Sometimes the best thing you can do to your soul is not to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Say my ears are gates to my body. Say my ears are gates to my body. Romans 10, 17. Romans chapter number 10, the verse number 17. The Bible says that so then faith comes by how did you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? You never met him. Have you met Jesus Christ in town with a bag? No. You met Jesus or you accepted Jesus because of what you had. In other words, Jesus came into your heart through your ears. Somebody will lose Jesus through their ears. Now in Ghana, there's something called the common sense movement, which is trying to tell people that we live by common sense and not that everything about the Bible does not make sense. And we have Christians who are now falling away. And why are they falling away? Because of what they are hearing. So you can have Jesus in your life through your ears. You can lose him through your ears. That's what the Bible says. Take heed. Jesus said to them, he said, take heed what you hear. If someone is saying take it, it means that you can control what you hear. So me, I don't entertain. You see, one of the lessons I've learned in life, in this 55 years of existence, one of the lessons I've learned is this. If you want to grow and if you want to progress, keep your circle very small. It's very necessary. Anybody who likes friends, I can tell you point blank, is not going anywhere in life. If you can count more than six friends, you are not going anywhere in life. I said, if you can count more than what? Six friends. I'm not talking about, oh, she's my friend, oh, she's my friend. (laughs) But if you can count more than six, I mean, everybody, and you'd realize that in the life of Jesus, Every level he climbs higher, his company reduces. 
12 people. When he's going up on the mountain, it becomes three. When he's going to the cross, he ends up as one. Because the higher you go, the company reduces. And the reason why some people can never progress in life is that they want to carry everybody they started playing with since they were two years with them in the gym. <laughs> Who told you your friend at two years has to be at your friend at 25? Who told you your friend at 10 years must be your friend when you are 35 years? In every phase of your life, there are people that God would bring into your life. And there are people whose seasons must end. And anybody that tries to carry everybody along will never go anywhere. And when the Bible says that, therefore because of the race that is set ahead of you, he says that, let us go of every sin and the weight. Sometimes the weight of people are the number of friends they are carrying along. Every, you need validation from every friend. Today you want to talk with this one. This one is not happy. You go here. This one is not. So you go and spend time here. And you have to spend time here. And I mean, I mean, where are you going in life? God bless all our friends. We love all our friends. They are not our enemy. But in order for us to move on in life, we have to be able to leave something behind. And that's what the Bible says, that God came to, to Papa Abraham and said, leave your father's house. Leave the people behind and go to the place that I will show you. Sometimes in order to grow, you have to have the habit and the capacity to know what you leave behind and what you take with you. If you now for some if you have like too much friends, too much, and I don't like people who are too no 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 no. The Bible says there is a friend. There are not friends. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I'm teaching you this too because I want you to understand. Listen, your work with God is, is an intentional work. Just because you want to say, Lord, I want a rescue come into my heart, it's not enough. That's where the journey begins. Apart from that, everything to continue to keep the Lord in your heart is based on the decisions you make. Are we here? He said, faith comes by hearing. In other words, what you hear has the capacity to build your faith in the same way what you hear has the capacity to kill your faith. As we hear the word of God constantly, consistently, we are allowing the spirit of God to have access through the gate of our ears. And as the spirit of God has, you know, access to the gate of our ears, he builds us up. He says that faith cometh, it builds, he builds up by what we hear. In the same way, the enemy would mess you up by the things you hear. Some of you, you are too much quickly, you want to hear everything. You always want to know what's going on. Sometimes to maintain your sanity spiritually is better you don't know what's going on. If you have any friend who is constantly in guiding what's going on in your life, what's going on in life, if people want to know, to know what they was going on in their life, they, you would tell them. But if there are people that is always coming, what is going on, you have to be very mindful of such people. But be careful what you hear. There are people whose life 
lives are messed up because right from infancy, the enemy messed their lives by what their parents were pronouncing. You are nothing. You are not like your friend. Can't you see your friend? You are not like this. So they lost their confidence. They lost themselves because of what their mother said consistently. We have to be mindful that our words build and they don't break. Our words must build people and not break them because every word spoken is a spirit. Since the words I speak to you, they are spirit and life. That means that when you are hearing, there are spirits entering your ears. Hello? Say the ears. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing the word of God. In other words, fear also comes by hearing. And hearing the voice of the enemy. Guard your ears. Be mindful of what songs you listen to. As you listen to spirit-filled songs, you are receiving spiritual impartations. The Holy Spirit is accessing your life through the ears. Haven't you seen there are certain songs you can listen all of a sudden you start bursting out in tongues. It means the Holy Spirit has penetrated your soul. There's a guy, he's called Terry Malcomon. Who knows him? You know, one of the most anointed worshippers ever. Go and listen. Terry Malcomon. He's the guy who sang, Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. You know that song? Yeah. And the son of heaven. Anytime I hear the guy, I'll speak in tongues. There are days that I just want to fast and in order to put myself in the mood, I just need to play Don Monson. This, this guy, Theophilus, what's his name? Theophilus. Yeah, yeah. Listen to him for 30 seconds, you speak in tongues. Yeah. And there are people you will listen to, you start lasting. Yeah. Every day the song you are listening to, touch me, press me, squeeze me, turn me. That's the song you are listening every day. Squeeze me, smooch me, touch me, make love to me. Yeah. Yeah. And the moment you started listening, all of a sudden, your boyfriend will call you, baby, I miss you. The moment you start listening, your girl will call you, baby, where are you? I want to visit you. The song has already let the demons enter you. So lasting from there is very easy. And listen, you know the dangerous thing? Jesus said it's not just the one who sleeps with a woman, but the one who even lasts after her. So there are things, you look, there are certain sins we've committed literally by what we are just thinking of. If you look at these guys that are born here in Europe, some of them can travel and go to Syria and go and bomb themselves. And all of this. It all started by something they were watching or hearing. And the thing is powerful enough that they are able to go and sacrifice their life. Listen to things that will let you sacrifice your life to Jesus. Yeah. You want to be a Christian, but you want to maintain all the other songs on your Spotify. You want to serve God and still have your own life. There's nothing like that. In order to serve God, you must lose your life for him. 
So if you have found him, you want to serve him, but you still want to maintain your life, you listen, you are joking. Are we here? So he says that faith comes by hearing. What you hear will determine what direction your life will take. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You can't be in this church and not start thinking a certain way. It's, it's, it's simple. Because when you come here, that's all I will tell you. Obaha, if you're here, all you hear is kingdom, do this, and, and you, you, look at Jennifer, she's even dressing kingdom. Words are seeds. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus talked about the problem of the sower. And he said, the seeds are the word of God. So, as he speaks, he sows seeds. What do you hear as seeds being deposited in you? And in order to preserve your spiritual sanity, you must be very careful what you hear. It means that you have to be a very selective hearer. Hello? You have to be what? Selective here. If there are things that won't benefit, I'm sorry, I don't want to know. I don't want to hear. Keep it. Fish out for things that will benefit your soul, your spirit, your body. Listen to things that will build up the Holy Spirit within you. Be mindful of what you hear. When God is calling you, He would call you through the gates of the ears. When the enemy is calling you, He would also call you through the gate of your ears. Who you allow your gate of the ears to be open to is your responsibility. Say my ears. When you go to the next one, the hands. I want to finish these gates thing and then I want, to, I want us to go to the kingdom and keys very soon. Are you learning? The hands. Say my hand is the gate. Give me First Timothy four fourteen. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Say the gift in you. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands. Of the eldership. Over here, Paul is established that number one, our hands are mediums of impartation. Say, my hand is a medium of is a medium of impartation. Good. In science, they will tell you the hand is for touch, is to feel. But spiritually, the hand is meant to receive. Okay. If I'm giving you something, you receive with your hand. So that means that by receiving uh, something, you are receiving something is accessing your life. Something is coming into your life. So the hand is a, is, is, is a gate of impartation. Number one, you could receive something with the hand into your life and you can deposit something into somebody by the hand. So Paul is telling Timothy that even the gifts that were released to you were not just released by prophecy, but it was also released by the laying on of hands. 
And that is why when we lay hands on people, we impart them. When you take something from the hands of somebody, you are also receiving something within. That's what the Bible says that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And you receive with the hand, but you can receive with your hand into your spirit. So he says that the hand, he says that do not neglect the gift that was given to you by prophecy and by the laying of hands of the elders. And this is where many people that are so, you see, there are people that are just conference junkies, spiritual junkies. They want everybody to put their hands on them. Every so-called man of God has laid hands on you. And as people lay hands on you, they are, what they are doing is that they are imparting your spirit through their hands. In the same way, what you receive through your hands is also an interpretation spiritually. Yeah. Somebody can greet you. Your life is messed up. It looks like, Pastor, you are scaring us too much. You know, I'm not scaring you. I'm trying to let you be aware of spiritual reality so that you... Listen, like I told you, at the airport, we scan things. You have to have the capacity to scan. Am I, am I speaking here? And all these things I'm talking to you, there is also the, the reciprocal. Not just about what you are receiving, but how you can also influence people. So if you know that, I can influence people through their ears... When you have somebody with you for five minutes, you let them leave without an impartation. By literally what you hear. If you know, you know that you can impart people by the hands. When, some, when you are even holding a friend's hand, you are declaring, Father, as I hold the hand of this person, let the Holy Spirit take over her life in the name of Jesus. So it's not just about what you are receiving, but I'm also teaching you so that you know how to give and impart. Are we here? So he said, do not neglect the gift that was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery, of the elders of the church. So the hand is a medium of impartation. Through the hands you can receive, you know, the Holy Spirit. You know, you can receive the fire of God. You can receive the power of God. And through the hands, somebody can also deposit another spirit in you. What you receive, you keep. When you lay hands on something, you impart. May your hands become so anointed. I said, may your hands become anointed. Say, Father, let these hands of mine become anointed. That whoever I meet and touch, the power of the Holy Spirit would flow in them through my hands. Say, Father, from today, let me become mindful of what I receive through my hands. Let the gate of my hands be covered by the blood. Anybody that is not of God that would try to access my life through my hands. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, let your spirit and your power and your blood reject that impartation in the name of Jesus. The last thing is your nose. In science, they call this the five senses. But spiritually, these are not senses. They are gates. Okay? Spiritually, these are not senses, but they are gates. They are gates. They are gates. 
Say my sexual organs. My eyes. My hands. My ears. My eyes. Say my nose. You know, scientifically, they said the nose is meant for smelling. It means that by the nose, you are able to discern. Those of us that are very spiritual, those of us that by the grace of God, are spiritual senses, and the gates of our body are very, very in tune with the Holy Spirit. There are times that we can even smell the presence of demons. And there are times that we can even smell the presence of angels and the presence of God around us. One of the things that the nose makes you aware physically, spiritually, is that it makes you aware of presence. So you can determine presence by what you can smell spiritually or physically. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's a very, it's, it's a certain realm that is very sensitive. And most of the time, it's the people that operate in the spirit of discernment, discerning of spirits, that actually have this gate activated very well. They can smell and know that mm, there's a certain wrong spirit in this atmosphere. They can also smell and say that no, there's a certain fragrance here, spiritually, which indicates the presence of God or of angels. In the same way, when this gate is opened to other things, the enemy can influence your ability to discern by taking over these gates. It's very important. It's very, very important. So, looking at all of these kind of things, what we are trying to teach you is this. As you are understanding gates, you have to get to the place where you understand your spiritual gates, your spiritual anatomy, and knows which ways God can access you and which ways demons can access you. And this should give you the capacity to be intentional what you do with this body. Yeah. Are we here? What is the essence of these gates? Write this down. These gates we've spoken about they create soul ties that influences your soul. If something penetrates your eyes, your ears, your hands, or whatever of the gates of the body, the next place that it's, it's, it's not penetrating your body for your body, it's penetrating your body for your soul. And that's why Jesus said, what will it gain a man? What will it you know, benefit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? The things that you watch will influence your soul. And when we talk about your soul, we are talking about the seat of your, of your human body. It's where your emotions, your will, your intellect, your thinking faculty. If Jesus says, give me your heart, he says that give me your soul. So anytime these things are penetrating your body, the places where they are going to go is that they want to influence your soul because whatever controls your soul would control your life. The decisions you make every day is as a result of what your soul is processing. That's why God wants your spirit man to be so strong that he controls your soul because if your soul is controlled by your spirit, your body will follow suit. But if your body is influencing your soul, your soul, your spirit man will die. There are people that are alive physically, their spirit man is dead. 
The Lord said to Adam, the day you eat of this tree, you will surely die. He ate and he was alive, but spiritually he was a dead man. So there are many people that are living, but they are dead men walking. Jesus said, what will it gain you? What will you receive when you get the whole world and lose your soul? In other words, the bone of, your con- of, the bone of contention between God and the devil is your soul. And these gates are meant to influence your soul. When you, when you watch certain things and when you hear certain things, at the end of the day, that is how you begin to think and process and react because that is the language your soul will be speaking. Hello? Hello? Say intentional walk. Say intentional Christianity. Be on your feet. We want to pray. We want to pray. We want to pray. How easy, how easy your work with God would become is simply about who you open these gates to. You can give yourself to pornography for 30 seconds and battle with masturbation for 20 years of your life. You can have sex for 15 minutes a day and deal with spirit for 15 years of your life. You can just hear one thing for just 30 seconds. And it will corrupt your spirit man for 30 years. How easy your work with God become. is simply dependent on how you guard these gates. When I was in uni, there was a guy who went to a program, a church program. He came back mad. The moment the man of God laid hands on him, the guy started running and walking. That was it. I remember when we were growing up in the Baptist church. I've come to see God fresh. We were about five guys. We used to sleep in the church. You've, you've got it in easy. You've got it easy. Sure. Sleep in there. They can even slap us in service. I'm telling you. It was in church. You were in a military camp. My senior pastor, you are ushering. And you let somebody's head hit the ground. Before the head hit the ground, you've chopped slap. They'll leave you then cold. You're walking with me and do when you see the man of God, you even jump on deck. <laughs> All of those things, forget it. And there's this girl that was in our church. 
those times, anytime we meet, the Holy Spirit will move. Everybody is a prophet. Everybody can prophesy in our services. And we met one day, and this girl came and said, my children, come, 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 I've come. I'm coming to impart you with the spirit and come and see everybody was rushing. As I was going there, the guy, the young guy who led me to Christ, Francis pulled me. He said, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go. There's a false spirit she's imparting. It's not the spirit of God. He said, wait, we'll show you. Then we started praying. And Francis rebuked the spirit in that girl. And Francis said, close your eyes, guys. Something's going to happen. So we closed that. That time, child, I become a born again fresh. So I like impartation. When I see the way the young guys are prophesying, me too, I want to prophesy. Any impartation, my head is going. Shit. Those times, the way the boys were sharp, you, if you don't see anything, it's like, Charlie, you, are you serving God? You have to see something by force. Those times, they can ask you, what do you see? Shit. In the meeting, they can ask you, Charlie, what do you see? You have to prof- prophesy. When friends say, close your eyes, something is going to happen. God is my witness. All of a sudden, this girl started removing her dress. She removed her shirt. Francis says, cover your eyes. Charlie, we are all boys. Oh. We are boys. And we are in this church. And we are, only, we are dead. That's where we pray, we eat and everything. We have left our mother's house and our father's house. Charlie, I'm not in yet, but tell. <laughs> Shit. This girl started. Anaman. The time you open our eyes, come and see a full naked girl in front of us. 40 seconds earlier, she was laying hands. There was one guy in our church called Richmond. Richmond was the worship and praise leader. Richmond was coming from a family where the father was dead, the mother was dead. So it was the church that was taking care of him and everything. And Richmond used to sleep in the church because we had a mission house. Charlie, after a month or so, we realized that the girl was pregnant. Richmond (laughs) apparently has been browsing in the church. Do you know what happened? The church kicked Richmond out. They stopped taking care of him. They stopped paying his fees. That was the last time I saw him. The girl destroyed. As I'm talking, that girl is even dead. Young girl. Some of you, everybody will touch you. Everybody will lay hands on you. Everywhere they are laying hands on you. Lift up your hands. We are going to pray just two prayers. Anything we have allowed through these gates, let them come out. Sometimes you have to have the capacity to do self-deliverance. You don't need to fall. You just need to have authority to speak. The same way they entered. The Bible says they would come in one way, but they would flee in seven ways. Lift up your hand and say, Father, I want to serve you well. Say, Father, I want to be intentional with my work with you. And I've come to understand that there are gates of access. My eyes, my ears, my nose, my mouth, my hands. Even the things that I've done sexually are gates for spirits to enter. Therefore, Father, tonight, say, Father, tonight, 
anything I have allowed legally or illegally, consciously, unconsciously, to penetrate and access these gates of my body and influence my soul and access my spirit man. Say, Father, as I clap tonight and I pray, the same way they entered, let them leave with immediate effect in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and pray. Come on. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. We pray you were blessed by it. If you would like to connect with us, you can follow us on our social media pages under the handle Kingdom Ambassador Centre UK. We also invite you to fellowship with us on Wednesday evenings from 7pm, Sunday mornings from 11am and at our monthly night vigils on the third Friday of every month from 11pm at Unit 21, Millmead Business Centre, Millmead Road, N17, 9QU. Kingdom Ambassador Centre, raising disciples, taking territories and advancing the Kingdom of God. Shalom and God bless you.